Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and today I'm joined by Joe as we have a look at yet another FPL team reveal ahead of the new season. The game is here. It's day three, day four, depending on when you're listening to this or watching this. Uh, and already a little bit of a template is, is forming, isn't it, Joe? And it's uh, nice to yes. get sink our teeth into that. But anyway, how, how are you doing? How was uh, launch week for you? Everybody's yeah. uh, had different tales to tell of uh, broken F5 keys and all sorts of things. So what, what's it been like for yourself? Yeah, it was fine for me. I mean, I, I work at home, so I was sitting at my computer anyway. And um, so, yeah, I was was refreshing every now and again. I wasn't like relentlessly pressing F5. But um, yeah, I, I, I got a um, an, an ID rank, uh, four four digits, 8,000 and something. So it's easy to remember. That's the key. <laughs> uh, I had a five a five-digit one last season because uh, I was like five minutes later after the launch. And um, and that wasn't too bad, actually. It was quite memorable. I've forgotten it now, but it was memorable at the time. And so I think that's the key, really. But um, yeah, ob- ob- obviously, you know, get- getting number one is good. But I'm sure that's probably bagsied by uh, the-, the guy that uh, presses the button, ultimately, to make it go. You'd hope so. I mean, interestingly enough, I can't reveal who, but somebody at Scout managed to get number two. So we were all very, very, very jealous of that person. Wow. Because um, as you say, it's it's memorable. I ended up with a six-figure one last year because I was at work, but I was back then, my day job mm. wasn't fantasy football for a time. And so I was a couple of hours late. And oh, the amount of times I got it wrong when trying to put it into live FPL, I just I kept landing on someone else's team. It was so <laughs> difficult to remember. So yeah, I managed to get a four figure as well. So I'm five six oh one this year. Much more memorable. And yeah, yeah. but it's crazy that it, within what five minutes it sounds that yeah. you've ended up three thousand further. It's not really a pecking order. But it's you know, nah. it's crazy. No, but it's um, but ultimately it doesn't matter because what matters is the players that we choose <laughs> and I mean, uh, the formation and how we move uh, those around over. 38 game weeks so uh you can have uh, and I, th- I think I, sh- I was reading somewhere that um no one with a low id has ever really won it i think most people who win it um tend to have quite a low id so um proves that they're a bit more relaxed than perhaps we are <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe we're the ones doing something wrong 
That's the thing. Well, you mentioned the players, so let's jump right into your team then. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just list it off for the benefit of the podcast listeners, and then we can jump into some of the uh, the specifics. So the 50-50s or the, or the, I mean, whatever you call a 50-50 that has four players in it from the same club, because we've got mm-hmm. a couple of those. Uh, so we've got Fabianski and Ariola are the goalkeepers. Shaw, Estupinan and Trent as your starting defenders with Botman and Bayer on the bench. Uh, Madison, Rashford, Matoma and Bermo, Saka as your five-man midfield. And then Haaland, captained obviously and Jesus up front with Archer as your forward on mm. the bench. So, okay. yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess Haaland was the first name on your team sheet. So that's sort yeah. of a redundant question. Who was the second name on your team sheet? Well, I mean, basically, it's, who, it's, it's more a question of who isn't the second name on the team sheet. <laughs> this time last season, the second name on the team sheet was Salah. And both both Haaland and Salah got double-digit scores. And I think I captained Salah. I don't think I captained Haaland. No, I... I um, no, or maybe it was the other way around. Either way, they both did well. And whether you captain them, it was a good thing. So that's the main decision with this team. And that's why you will see in a lot of these team reveals and you will see on social media um, people going for a 3-5-2 with one premium uh, with Haaland. Um, and that's because the first decision I made was um, not to have Salah. So the second name on the list was probably was a whole bunch of players because <laughs> when you don't have Salah, you can have a whole bunch of great other players. So like Saka, Rashford, Jesus, Trent Alexander-Arnold, these are all second choice players. There's so many of them. Um, and there was something something I put up on, on Twitter as the game was launching, really, because um, we already knew the prices. Um, Haaland and, and Rashford is 23 million. Kane and Salah is 25 million. So that's go if you want to go without Haaland. If you want to get Salah or Kane with their 12.5 million plus Haaland, who's 14 million, costs 26.5 million. So ultimately, by going Haaland and say Rashford or Haaland and say Saka, who I've got both of, um, you're saving three and a half million off the bat and that three and a half million can be invested in getting making sure you get trent making sure you've got a really great midfield making sure you can maybe instead of getting um uh, the luton's main striker to start with who is unproven at this level um no disrespect him but he's unproven we don't know um you can get jesus instead so that's what that's that's the the roundabout answer to that who is the best second who is my second choice loads of them <laughs> because my second choice isn't Salah yeah it makes such a difference we have spread that money and uh, it's already um, becoming effectively the, the the deal breaker between one temp- one template and another I suppose in that you've got yeah. the Salah there's a Salah template and then there's a no yeah. Salah template yeah. um, I'm probably seeing I reckon one in three uh, with him uh, yeah. in, in terms of where we, we have access to people's teams. In terms of the actual overall ownership at the moment, he's about he's in about 25% of teams. I well, kind of expect well, that to go up maybe when we get more casuals mm-hmm. join in, but mm-hmm. for now, I don't feel too naked without him. Well, that's, 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 that is the downside of not having Salah and having all these other great players, um, is that Salah, who is, has been remarkably consistent over years, and there is no evidence that he will not be Markably consistent. In fact, in anything, he could be even more consistent because he's got better midfield behind him this season. So you've got him and Kane. Kane, how reliable has Kane been? And it's Kane is the one I'm I'm actually more nervous about not owning. So they are really potent differentials. Um, so another factor behind not having Salah. So it's often the fear, the fear of missing out, it's fear of missing out on his points, fear of his huge ownership. He won't have huge ownership. So you don't have to worry about that. Also, towards the end of the last season. 
um i think it was my around about my second wild card 29 game week 30 around that time i i got salah in and then mo- removed him so the last part of that season last couple of months of the season i had no salah um so i've experienced that what was it like to go without salah well i ended up finishing in the top 10k so it went very well and so my my immediate memory of not having salah is everything is going to be all right <laughs> and so i don't have that fear um and and i really like my team in 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 that i feel prepared for game week one i feel prepared for pre-season as well so and that's that's the key because this team and all the players will change but i think the price points will stay the same because there's so much choice in all of those price points and so i think that's going to stay the same it's just the players will change and that's going to be heavily influenced by uh pre-season of who we see in pre-season say fernandez emerges uh, with mason mount as a really great asset um and rashford's is like sort of okay so well if 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 fernandez on penalties is getting um better returns than rashford well it makes sense to downgrade him there and i can do it with this structure so it goes like that and you can do that same with the arsenal midfielders how's Havertz going to fit in um you know how's it going to impact uh odegaard uh, saka etc etc will jesus be effectively redundant will he become the assister of the assister and all of those questions will be answered in pre-season but with this structure that i've got here i can chop and change i can move around because there's so many um um choice in particularly in midfield um so i mean i'm looking at the midfield list from like nine million to seven million um already i want six or to seven of them (laughs) rashford son odegaard saka fernandez martinelli and then there's a whole bunch like jota havertz diaz foden Grealish, maris madison who i do have in my team sterling the seven million and then you've got all the Brighton mids and, and Bomo, in a who has traditionally done well in a Brentford in a Tony less Brentford team. So you've got so I mean, how many is that? I mean, that's like <laughs> 20 midfielders I want. So there's no way I'm not going with five mid in the midfield. I need every one of those slots. And that is something that's carried over from last season. Even if I'm wrong about all of these players, I've got another 15 ready to come in, chomping at the bit. Mm-hmm. Sterling can't wait to get in my team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's, cra- it's crazy just how many options there are, and I think um, that view of looking at things in terms of price points it, it actually mm. is a it is a huge difference maker in your ability to have flexibility mm. to go from one week uh, to yeah. the next. It, it was actually um, uh, something that I had not been that okay with before I sort of joined Scout five years ago now, six years ago, something like that. Um, and it was one of the first pieces of advice actually that you gave me, which was to put your team into price points. And don't yeah. worry about, don't necessarily get bogged down in who the players are, um, mm. focus on who the price points are. And then when you get to game week three, four, five, six, and you you need to jump on another bandwagon, it's going to be much easier to get to that yeah. bandwagon without breaking your team if you've done your price points right. And the impact it had on my team was incredible because I uh, that particular first season where I started using that methodology I came 17k I went something like 17 weeks without my captain blanking I could have finished in the top 5k that year but just kind of tailed off towards the end it makes a huge huge difference if there's anybody sort of just coming to fantasy for the first time my general advice is that that will have more impact on your team than probably anything else to build it around the the money 
And also the people get a bit confused by price points. So you look at all the price points. So you've got 5 million players, 7 million players, 8 million players, 12 million players, blah, blah. But, and so everyone, and so people think that you need one of each in order to move around, but what you don't, you need, you need to be nearish them and you, and the price points evolve as well during the season. But currently as it stands at the moment, as I've just reeled off that list of midfielders, the price point between the nine and seven million is absolutely huge. A wealth of options. They priced pretty much everyone I want in that in that area. Maybe a bit of six point five. So, so say you've got a six point five. So you've got Mbomo or or Matoma who's six point five. You know, get, getting an extra million to bump them up to say Madison is not a problem, um, or or to a Sterling. Um, so you, you just got to be. Can you do that? Make that move in two moves, or you can save a transfer. And do it in three moves, um, or or hopefully in one move. So you don't have to be exact with the price points, um, and it's so clear here. I mean, like for example, um, strikers. So strikers have essentially sort of sort of been downgraded, really, in a in a fantasy football term and a real football term as well. So you know the traditional two strikers up top. You don't you very rarely see that. It's usually a striker, and it's very exciting wingers maybe full wing backs as well, supporting them. These are the people who are getting the points. And sometimes the striker increasingly is, say, like a Firmino, um, you know, who's sort of just sort of there to pass the ball, might get some assists, but sort of sort of being being annoying and in the way. And Jesus has that potential to be like that. So, you know, it's a, a waiting brief on him. But, you know, at the same time, he can be a very good goal scorer. So that, that whole nature has changed. So, while we have this wealth of options in, in midfield, you've got your wingers, you've got your attacking uh, midfielders, you've got those on penalties as well. Up top, you've hardly got any choice. I mean, Harlan, I mean, basically, the narrative of this of game week one really should be 4 5 1 because <laughs> there's a lot of choice of defense, a lot of choice in midfield, hardly any choice up front. But I would be uh, 4 5 1 is very inflexible. And with you, if you go for a four-five-one, you cannot. It's very difficult to move a four-point-five um, striker up to a Jesus. You've got to find four million, three and a half million or so somewhere. So you're. So that's why I've gone for Jesus because I might want Watkins. I might want Wilson at Newcastle. I might want Nkunku, who's unproven. I might even want Mitrovic. I might want Gakpo at Liverpool. In fact, I probably do want Gakpo at Liverpool. Um, I might want Isaac. I, I, I might want another. I might want a sort of, um, you know, a, a Luton's main striker. I might want Sheffield United's main striker. I might want Veghorst. I don't know. <laughs> because that's the thing. I think people, you know, they put that little lock symbol. Oh, I'm locked in. I'm locked in with this. And I'm not locked in with anyone. <laughs> anyone can move. Um, and But I know that I will want a second striker at least. So that's why Jesus is there. He's there because I think he's really good. I started him with him last season and he was great until he was injured. Um, so um, I'll, I'll keep him as a placeholder for all of those different strikers. And it, and it goes back with, with defence as well. I mean, I mean, if you look at the amount of defenders, how many defenders are like around 5 million or so, you know, give or take half a million, do you want? I mean, loads. I mean, all of the Arsenal ones have been priced kindly. The, the Chilwell and James, um, great. James will get injured. Get just get Chilwell in. Um, you got Stones at Man City. Okay, Nathan. Okay, he, he could be another reg, regular starter. And then you got Stupanan. 
you know, you get you get the narrative. Same with midfield. Shaw, Gabriel, Saliba, Zinchenko, uh, Dunk, um, Estupanan at Brighton. Uh, you know, it just goes on and on and on. Ake, you've got, what, that's, that's that 12 names? You've got five defence slots. So, arguably, we need... Five five zero. No, no, that would be no Harland. Uh, four five one. Yeah, four five one should be the narrative, and we'll start seeing that narrative change. But um, there, there is a reason it's three five two, because that's all of those reasons we looked at. All of those, all of those defenders, all those price points, those midfielder price points, and and because of that, that that is why on these a lot of these team reveal videos. I was listening to um, General's one this morning. And my team is very similar to his. Some of the players are different, but essentially the price points are the same and the thinking is the same. And that's because it's logical and it makes sense based on those players and that they're just going to change in pre-season. But what you'll start to see is because um, there's always a drive in social media and amongst con- content creators as well to be different. Oh, everyone's doing 352. Well, I'm going to be different. <laughs> and yeah, well, that's great. But what you'll probably find is that you're being different is probably a bit inflexible and and it might not work so um you know just be prepared to be wrong basically that's what i always do at the beginning of every season be prepared to be wrong yeah and well the the, the shape is built so that if you are wrong getting mm. to something that is right is much easier and that and that's the thinking really isn't it i've seen a couple yeah, of four yeah. five ones and i agree with you i feel like yeah. the fourth but also in in some way i mean for me my opinion is that the ce- the ceiling sometimes for some of these uh, sorry the floors for some of the strikers is probably higher than the floors for some of the defenders yeah. even if the ceiling is higher for the defender mm. because they can get a clean sheet goal assist etc yeah. strikers can't get the yeah. clean sheets um you're more likely to captain your second striker in off game weeks for man city possibly yeah. uh whereas you maybe wouldn't do that with your fourth defender um yeah just 352 seems the way to go and and, and i even say that as i've been a 343 man for for years and years i think uh, I've started in three four three every season I can remember, um, but in in each of the last two I spent various stages in three five two, and it felt a bit uncomfortable, like wearing a coat that was one size too big for me. But at the very least, it kept me warm and dry through the rain, so yeah. I kind of yeah. could at least appreciate the benefits. And this yeah. year, I'm just thinking, I'm just, I, I, it's unavoidable this year to be in three five two. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think I think going back to that rich, the the first the first point. Salah and ha- and Haaland or just Haaland. And I think that is key. And I've yet to see a draft with Salah and Haaland I like because they've all cut too many corners. They don't have Alexander-Arnold. They won't have Saka and Rashford or Saka and Fernandes. Um, and there's too many corners cut and I just do not like the look of them. And I think that's why 352 will be popular. Um, I mean, I've seen, oh God, like Fulham midfielders in there and things. <laughs> Why? I mean, you've got, you've got all of these midfielders priced really kindly. Why would you have like Fulham midfielder in there? It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's very restrictive when you try and put Salah in, and I mean, I think a bit a big thing for me is that um, I'm 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 not seeing many drafts with Trent and Salah, um, and no. um, I actually think of the two, Trent is probably more important to own. I think we haven't we haven't talked too much about captaincy, but I think generally it, it's not too difficult a, a point to to really sort of make. We probably agree on this because you know we've got a good history, me and you, Joe, doing the captaincy mm. video. There's only one game week I'd probably captain Salah in the first six, and it's the Bournemouth game. Yeah. Um but and I don't, I don't think he's ever scored in game week two. Well, there we are, and and you know they won. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm going to be cor- cor- corrected wrong of that, but I don't think he's ever hauled <laughs> rather in game week 
too. Yeah. And of course, yeah. there was the 9 0 where he didn't get anything. So it's, yeah. that could happen. Alternatively, he might still do okay. But the thing is, is that the effect of ownership is never going to be high enough for it to necessarily damage you, even if he does well. Yeah. And the way you'll bulk up in other areas is, is going to be useful. And I think there's a lot of people going with that trend. And I do think he can be a massive um, gonna, differential, is maybe the wrong word this year, but he can make a big difference, I think. So I'm going pl- to plug a, a video uh, on the Fantasy Football Scout channel. It's one I did a couple of weeks ago on captaincy voting rotation and i did a sort of captaincy matrix on it do have a look at it for the first six game weeks so it's worth having a look at that um and yeah i agree with you salah on paper is the best one in game week two kane is the best in game week five sheffield united at home so um there are better choices but harland is not a bad choice in those ones he's he's the best choice in virtually all of the fixtures in virtually all of the game weeks but say game week two yeah salah's got bournemouth but um, uh, and and Haaland has Newcastle, but it's Newcastle at home. And Man City at home is. I mean, will Haaland score at home against Newcastle? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, can he score five goals in the Champions League? Are are Newcastle a Champions League side? So you know, these are you know he he's not too shabby, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and so I'm quite happy to just perma captain him for a while. But with with the like with Rashford and Saka in particular. I think you do have two very, very credible vice captains, alternative captains. Game week one, realistically, I actually think Saka is the best captain at home to Nottingham Forest against Haaland against Burnley away. Because um, Haaland, as great as he is, is better at, was better at home. And Saka is, is, was better at home as well. And, you know, that could be a, could be a huge score for Saka there. And Forest so were I think terrible he, away from home. They were the yeah. worst team away from home last yeah. year, so... So, so in Rashford and Saka, you've already got two very, very credible vice captains. And I think, you know, we do start need to, I mean, last season we were starting to think of Alexander Arnold as a credible captain. Um, and I think he is home, home games against easy sides. He's going to rack up assists, bonus, uh, and he might get you, you clean sheet points as well. In fact, might, might be more likely this season because their midfield is better. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, the ceiling for Trent this year is, is quite high. And Shabozhlai coming in is, is a big, big signing. And many people have been making the point that, um, you know, Trent obviously looked very good going forward in the sort of embryonic stages of them shifting to that mm. um, different formation when they're in possession. Um, a little bit more time practicing that in pre-season and how well it went at the back end of last season, plus that additional bit of steel in midfield. We could see that this is how they get back to being able to keep clean sheets again. And once that happens, I mean... I think that people could be scrabbling around for to, to for getting Trent for game week two, possibly. Mm. I mean, he might even have a big yeah. game week one. I mean, Chelsea defensively last year weren't amazing. And Pochettino, I think, will have an impact eventually, but it could take a while. So, um, and uh, arguably, I mean, I don't know. I was about to say maybe Trent's harder to get to from your defence than yeah. Salah is from your midfield. Maybe that's a bit of a stretch to say, but I just kind of feel like if you haven't got Trent, I don't know who your most expensive defender is going to be. Whereas in midfield, if you haven't got Salah, you've maybe got a nine or a 9.5 or something. And yeah. so, yeah, because I don't think many people are going to have Trippier, for example. So if you don't have Trent, your most expensive defender is a 5.5. And where do you yeah. find that extra money to get? Yeah. You know, you probably yeah. just won't go for it and then you're going to miss out. So, I mean, say, for example, say I wanted Salah, um, Alexander-Arnold and Rashford, what's that? Um uh, eight plus nine, 17. Um, so, so there you go. There, there you get a 4.5 defender 
and Salah done. Um, that can be done easily in two moves if you want to do that. I'm not going to do that because I'm I'm sacrificing two great players for one great player and one 4.5 who, you know, yeah. and I've got, I've got say Botman already ready and waiting to go into that role. So I don't need, I don't need that cheap, cheap 4.5 defender. But, um, but anyway, I, I suspect some of my players will be different to the other ones as well. So, I mean, that, I mean, that's my thoughts on the sort of structure and why I've gone for three, five, two and, all of those things, but some of the players are different. And I think that's where the nuance will, will occur for most teams. Really. I think these will chop and change. And, and that goes for me right from the, from the back really with the goalkeepers. Yeah. I was going to ask you about your goalkeepers because uh, me and you have historically been massive fans of Fabianski. And I feel like me and you have had mm. to sort of put our mm. Fabianski club uh, mm. membership perhaps on the shelf. It's gathered some dust because yeah. he's been priced too expensively, but finally he's back at mm. what we would say is the dream FPL price for him. Yeah. And you've paired him with Ariola, who, if I'm not mistaken, is 4 million. So, you know, mm. a West Ham goalkeeper. Yeah. What's your thought? Well, I mean, clearly you like the look well, of a West Ham goalie. I, well, no, I, I oh. do not want to go into the season relying on West Ham's defence, especially okay. when they don't have such a great, well, I would like to, however, rely on West Ham defence in some kind of rotation. Right. I see. Um, so if Ariola has is the number one, this is the dream, really, for me. That Ariola emerges in preseason as the number one. He's he is the number one over Fabianski. So then I would be looking at pairing him with another four point five. There's no need for Fabianski then. And then I would probably look at Leno. So over the last season, if you look at um, on in the Fantasy Football Scout members area, I've got a table of good good goalies and um, minutes per save last season. Um, top with a save every 22.5 minutes was Leno at Fulham. And by happy coincidence, um, Fulham have a good opening fixtures, Everton and, and well, Brent, and Brentford. Um, and then West Ham, at Bournemouth and Chelsea. So so that you've got a bit of a choice of goalkeepers there. But then you've got with Fulham, they've got a couple of a couple of dodgy fits with Arsenal and Man City. So you don't want them there. But however, during that run, West Ham at Brighton, okay, might not get a clean sheet there, but might get saves. But Luton um could get clean sheets there. Then West Ham's fixtures uh five and six, they've got Man City and Liverpool. Right. I don't want to be playing a West Ham. I mean basically do I want to play a West Ham goalie against them? No. Um but however, Fulham, they have Luke, um, Leno has Luton and Crystal Palace. That's much better. So for me, my what I would like first six game weeks is Leno and the West Ham goalie. Um, and if it's Ariola, great. If it's Fabianski, I can't afford that. <laughs> okay. So um, I, if I just go for Leno, for example. Then at game weeks three and four, he's facing Arsenal and City, which is going to be a nightmare. Um, but the rest, the, the other four are good. So I might be leaning towards that way. Um, I've seen Pickford in quite a few, but I've got to look at teams and how they're evolving um, in this transfer window. So Aston Villa getting better, preparing for Europe, great new signings. Brighton, well, they they've got... Europe and they're losing to they've lost well they've already lost one but they're going to lose another of their of their great midfielders Casado. So will they better cope? Well, they're a system based outside, so they should do so. And they've got some really good they've got some good new additions as well. So Brian, uh, 
if Brian could say the same <laughs> and be a Europa League squad, well, great, amazing. So I don't think they're going to dip too much. Liverpool are going to be better. Uh, Chelsea should be better. Everton, last season, no disrespect, but they were pretty much a championship side in personnel, in players, in this way they played. As a neutral, who 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 was who's your second team? It's going to be like the Brighton. Could be, this season it could be Luton. You know, second team as in the team you sort of root for to win. Who's second team is Everton? <laughs> it's like they've overspent. They bought about a thousand midfielders they didn't need a few years ago. Probably still counting the costs from that. They seem terribly run, and they just seem uh, just seem like an awful side. I mean, and so, uh, do I really want to trust Pickford? Um, you know, for the first six game weeks or so, um, even though the fixtures are okay, I mean, they're Fulham at home, but then they've got Villa, Wolves and Sheffield United. That could be good. That could be good. But then they've got Arsenal, Brentford. I don't see, I, I, I just, I just think all of those teams probably, are, are, well, maybe not. Sh- well, yeah, all those teams are better than Everton. <laughs> so yeah. apologies, Everton fans. <laughs> Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. I mean, I I haven't gone too too near uh, Everton defence uh, just yet. Um, there there is a there is a possible decent pairing with Luton, but as you've mentioned many times already, Luton are sort of unproven, aren't they? And uh, you, got, you know, so you're relying on t- two championship sides yeah, yeah, in the in Premier effect, League, in effect, yeah, facing yeah. facing Haaland, <laughs> Saka, yeah. Rashford. <laughs> Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's dangerous, isn't it? For sure. Um, you've mentioned Brighton in there, and we obviously have to get your view on them. Them being your your club, and we've got the uh, the seagull scarf behind you as well. Mm. Um, we've got uh, some four point five million goalkeepers there, and I think one question I keep getting all the time, and I have no idea what the answer is, and, and maybe you don't know either, but you are you have slightly more credentials than me about Verbruggen, Steele, Sanchez. Do you ha- have an indication of who we think might be the starting goalkeeper? And once we do have the indication of who that is, are you interested in them as well? Obviously, you've got a Stupinian. Uh, he's five million as well. Mm. Um, so you clearly trust their defence to some extent. I'm imagining a Stupinian's there for the attacking returns. But a lot of interest in the Brighton goalkeepers because they've been priced so kindly. Well, have you, what's your view with them? Well, I think I think uh, a lot of, say, content creators and Brighton fans indeed um, will be under pressure when they're asked that question. Say, <laughs> oh, it will definitely be this, definitely be that. It's simple. I don't know. But okay. watch pre-season. Follow Neil's lovely articles on Fantasy Football Scale detailing pre-season. And, and, and then you'll get your answer. And people asked me that before. Sanchez Steele, Sanchez Steele. Which one's going to start? I said, just watch, watch, watch the next game. And that will give you your answer. <laughs> and, and, and so that, that, that is the answer to that. My instinct is that Steele is still the number one. What has he done wrong? And he is probably one of the bizarrely, especially for Sunderland fans, one of the best keepers at starting play. So if a keeper starts getting assists, then you know they're in, doing well. Um, and, you know, I mean, your heart is in your mouth sometimes when, you know, he's got the ball and he's just sort of dribbling around, you know, attackers from the opposing side. But, you know, he's a ball-playing um, uh, goalkeeper. So my instinct is he's there. Who is who is, who is is the person pushing still? Well, it's not Sanchez anymore because he just down tools and he'll go, I presume. Um, so I think uh, Verbruggen has been brought in for that. That's my instinct. He's been brought into competition. So as soon as Steel, um, you know, form dips, Verbruggen comes in. He's ready and made, ready, ready to come in. So that's my instinct there. And in defence as well. So, I mean, I don't think we're going to get Colwell back from Chelsea. I just can't see that. Um, so it's going to be 
you know, it's going to be sort of what you would expect, really. Dunk and uh, Webster, Dunk and Van Heck. Um, and then you you can have a Stupinan and Veltman and Gross can play um, on as a right as a as a right back as well. And uh, you've got Lamptey as well, who could be could be fit and could be better this season if he's fit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's why I've gone for Stupinan. I think I think he's he's good. One hundred twenty eight points, five million, great. Um, and his fixtures start turning when coincidentally. Newcastle's improve and Botman is ready to come in as my third defender. Yeah, I mean, a Stupinian actually at the price he's at is actually still benchable, I think, um, mm. which is quite nice because I, I initially didn't put a Stupinian in my first uh, draft because I, I didn't quite fancy um, having him in, uh, in terms of longevity. I, I, I wanted to be, I, I was. We'll come on to their midfield in a second, actually, because I, I wanted a Brighton midfielder because I think the fixtures are really nice for the first three or four when mm. there's a slight turn for maybe Spurs and Chelsea and then it's mm. a possible jump off, jumping on, jumping off point there. Whereas I, I didn't want to necessarily book that in with a stupid now, but actually he is definitely benchable. Um, and so mm. I've put him in now, to be honest, and I'm, I'm a big, big fan of his. Um, I suppose my question would be, of all of the, of all of the names you've discussed, a stupid now... I assume is who you think is is the best option, and would you imagine that doubling up on Brighton defence is maybe too much if you went for that's a Superman and Steel? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's too much. Um, ultimately, what I would really like is just to rely on Steel. Okay. Um, and have Ariola as a four million, and then I would move a Superman to Zinchenko or Gabriel. But I'm I'm a little bit reluctant to go in on Arsenal, and that's where preseason will give me the answers because. You know they're um, they're getting Timber in, who is can play right back and centre back, as far as I know. Yeah. Um. So what's where's Ben White, who's inexplicably five point five? Where 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 will he go? He might not end up playing. He might end up moving into central defence. Maybe Timber's going to be in central defence. Who moves out? Is it Saliba? Well, he's just signed signing a new contract. Is it Gabriel? So Pete Gabriel could be moving out of defence. So he could be uh, more for Champions League, and. And and Zinchenko as well is there, but you know, will he play every game? You know, he does have a bad uh, injury record. Um, Ramsdale's the one I really want, but I just can't. I you know, with uh, with the pricing, I I need I need that money. It, last season I didn't care about money. <laughs> we could get you get anyone you want. Everyone was so cheap. <laughs> um, but this season you do have to worry about money. And when people say, "Oh, it's too cheap," it's too cheap. Some of the players are too cheap, but some of them aren't. Uh-huh. Harlan's certainly not. And we're all sat here, a lot of us, without Salah, so we we still have yeah. to make some difficult yeah. choices. And Kane is another yeah. one. So I, I agree yeah, yeah. completely. I think the pricing has been done quite well this year, and we'll just have to see where it goes. Let's talk about uh, Brighton's midfield because, again, hmm. sorry to put you under that pressure that you've already alluded to. You, you obviously know the midfield uh, better than than those of us who don't get to watch them as often as as you perhaps do. I mean, you live in Yeovil now, don't you? So yeah. you're a little no. bit away, but well. Okay. Au contraire, uh, no disrespect to Yeovil, um, especially <laughs> my my former scout cast colleague Andy lives there, but I don't live in Yeovil. <laughs> oh, I live I, I live near to Glastonbury, a place called Street, uh, ah. but it's very near Yeovil. And uh, Yeovil, if if it's possible to have a second team, it would be Yeovil. Yeovil are the team I see most live, um, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them taking on the likes of Worthing and Eastbourne Borough next season. Oh, no, it's not the, looking uh, good for them, is it? In the National League. Well, weirdly, it's actually looking better for them because they've got new owners. They've got a nice new kit. Oh, they and, things up. Um, and they're in National League South. So they're, they've they gone from being one of the worst sides to they they will be the team to beat in National League South. They'll be one of the bigger sides in there. 
Um, so anyway, that's Yeovil. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I don't live in Yeovil, but I live near Yeovil. Um, so no, I don't get to go to Brighton games that much. But the times, obviously, when uh, when I have been and obviously watching on TV and those kinds of things, um, I think that the pricing has been a bit off. I think Matoma should have been seven because I think he is, you know, in terms of demand, you watch a Brighton game and you go, wow, Matoma's amazing. Um, Pascal Gross is 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 great as a utility player he could still be on penalties he was on penalties before McAllister took them so he was he he should be the second penalty taker but we don't know that and so I think that's what they're gambling on but he really should be six million um and March is um I mean I personally I really like Solly March um it's been there but so long, I think right? hasn't he yeah. played in so, every division for Brighton or yeah. something it's yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's one of one of our you know you know old, oldest players as as in man time he's been playing yeah. there. Yeah. Um. So the um. So what I think is actually March is the only one who's actually been priced right because <laughs> he should be a little bit less than Matoma because the demand won't be there. But I think he's as good as myself. Um. So um. Yeah. So I personally would go for Mar um for Matoma because um I think he is on his day, the best player there. And he can easily be moved down to NCSO. So you can make that million saving. And I like NCSO, but I don't know whether he's going to start every game. Yeah, um, and I don't, I don't know how it's going to work out in Europe as well. This is new to Brian. Brian have never been in Europe before. For Villa, this is like, you know, oh, welcome back. Um, <laughs> you know, off we play. For Brian, this is total, totally new territory for them. Um, you know, they, they used to, you know, Johnston paint trophy being their second <laughs> their second uh, thing they're going for but now they're going for the Europa League Cup which is incredible um so um yeah I, I don't know how that's going to work out yeah and I suppose Deserby did start rotating quite a lot towards the end of the season when the fixtures packed mm. up you know they were all Premier League games of course but when you know that doesn't really mm. matter to him. he doesn't care about FPL mm. we assume um yeah he hopefully likes it a little bit more than Dean Smith but we'll find mm. out um you know so there could be rotation there I think yeah having uh I think everybody's got to have at least one Brighton midfielder so they can switch to the other one do, do you think that I mean, you're not going to have an idea of how rotation is going to affect the players in pre-season, but can you see yourself being swayed towards March? Or So, for example, I've got Gross because I... He scored more points than any of them last season. It's quite mm. funny because he did. He of all the Brighton midfielders didn't make the shortlist for the Fantasy Football Scout team of the season, mm. and Gross was the one who scored more points than the other three and mm. could be on penalties. Is there anything you could see in preseason that could convince you to go for Gross, convince you to go for March instead of Matoma, um, or you know how set on Matoma do you think you are? I mean, you sound like a big the, fan, but I just yeah, no. The, the, the thing about Brighton is is because they're they're more of a team and less about individuals than some other teams can be. So if Brighton would do well, Matoma will do well. You know, he will get assists because if they score lots of goals, chances are he will get assists. He might even get a goal as well. Same for March, Pascal Gross. So Pascal Gross could might get, might earn a penalty. Um, or as we've seen, he scored a brace at least once. Um, and once again, he was great against, he's been, you know, consistently good against Manchester United. For some reason, he, really good against Manchester United. <laughs> um, so uh, I, 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 it's possible things might change there. But the thing is, he's there. That's why he's, he's there. He's a, Matoma's their placeholder. Say he gets injured, well, I'll just go for March or, or Gross. One of, one of them will be in my side or in CISO. But um, def definitely, because they, they're an attacking side, so you want one of their attackers. A stupid is attacking um, fullback, so you want him as well. 
I mean, Stupinan has taken a penalty for his country. So who knows? Maybe. Oh. I can't see him taking them over from Pascal Gross, but you never know. <laughs> yeah, don't get me too excited. That would be incredible. Mm. It would be like the return yeah. of Leighton Baines. Oh, another yeah, one of your yeah, nostalgic yeah. heroes well speaking Definitely. of nostalgic heroes mm. we do have a couple in the four million defender bracket and i do mm. notice that uh you've got one of them at the moment as in he's not the hero yet we've had heroes in the past we could have mm. some new ones we've got yeah. bell we've got bulldog we've got bayer who you've got mm. in your team. Are you pretty set on having a 4 million defender for this season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because um, so a, a lot of my thinking, you know, with the uh, the Meet the Manager videos I've been doing, you know, you you interview managers and you take a little bit from each of them. And also you do it from people like yourself and other, other people you do videos with. And one I've taken from, I think it was Neil has been a particular fan of this, is get as much money into your, your 11 as you can. So it doesn't matter if he's got an injured player on the bench or four million, you know, you're just not going to play them. So Bayer's there. Bayer could be anyone. Bayer could be my cat who's 19. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. They're not going to play. <laughs> so it it, it, it 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 does not matter. I'm not going to go Bayer deep in a, in, unless there's something catastrophic happens, like, I don't know, a pandemic or something like that, uh, or the death of a monarch. But if something like that happens, then um, Bayer might come in, but he's just going to sit there. And so if he gets at any points, it'll just be like, oh, okay, well, I've missed out on those points because they're on my bench. Um, but I've saved that money in order to get Rashford, for example, or, um, uh, or maybe I'd want Son, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. I think that that saving is good there. And I, I know you've spoken about Botman as well. Same principle there, value. 4.5 Champions League defender. And I'm, I, I know that General spoke about this on one of your other videos, and I'm sure lots of content creators are, so I won't dwell on that. But he is great value and, you know, should be in teams. But I do I do have another player on my bench that I haven't seen in many teams, which I find quite surprising in um, uh, Cameron Archer. Yeah, he's 4.5, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. forward at yeah. Aston Villa. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the thing is, he's actually, he's a, he's a name I've been aware of for some time. At my previous mm. job, I was a colleague, one of a colleague of mine was was Aston Villa fan, who's mm. a big, big fan of this guy. And I suppose they, they, they have had a number of people in the way of him becoming mm. involved. And could could this be his season? You know, if Watkins gets nah. injured, then, I mean, probably isn't well, going to be, but well, he's a he's a lot it, of potential about him, is, is what no. I've heard anyway. No, it it won't be a season, but is he a good four point five striker? Yes, in that. So, um, who, who Villa got up front? They basically got Watkins, and then they've got a variety of other players supporting Watkins. So Watkins, Watkins, Watkins. Thirty eight games in the league. You got FA Cup. You got League Cup. You've also got um. So League Cup, you expect Archer to play. But you've also got Europe as well. So is is Watkins going to miss out on those European games? No. So at some point, um, what might happen is the way they've been managing Haaland at Man City. Watkins, you might see with so Villa are two nil up, three nil up. Watkins gets withdrawn at the seventieth minute. Archer comes on. So this is what you want from your four point five bench player. If in case you need them. You can you you better you know you can he might nick a goal in the end game he might come on he might get minutes he might not um and he's been doing well he's a good prospect so last season he was at Middlesbrough on loan twenty appearances eleven goals okay well that's a fifty percent scoring rate at Middlesbrough who who are a good side um you know indeed the season before he was at Preston North End 20 appearances seven goals so he's getting better he's only 21 um 
so yeah and um you know if i was from walsall where he was born i would definitely get him in uh <laughs> not not that i'm like stalking cameron desmond archer or anything <laughs> the funny thing is you're not even the only content creator who has a 4.5 million striker that they have a very strange uh intimate connection with because of course general's got james plunge so yeah um... <laughs> yeah he's done it he's done it for the uh for the lols <laughs> i mean that's the thing taking the plunge but um but if i was doing if i was doing it for the lols i would um i'd be getting arsenal defender trusty in because he's got the best name. <laughs> but I don't want to take an Arsenal splot just, uh, just to have a laugh. I mean, he sounds like a Thomas the Tank Engine character, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just chugging yeah. along. He's a very good engine, yeah. I've heard, according so, to the fact Yeah, send in uh, Chief Fire Officer Trusty. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, that's the funny thing, to be honest. Is that, well, that is the difference between a 3-4-3 and a 3-5-2. Because when you play 3-4-3, your fifth midfielder is someone like an Andreas Pereira, someone who's mildly yeah, underpriced, yeah. starting games mm. and maybe plays in attacking midfield for uh, a lesser team. But when you play 3-5-2, your, your third striker is just some... Um, mm nobody who has yeah. no possible chance of coming on or doing anything other than maybe yeah. just having a bit of banter so a bit of lols around I, his name so i, I would be one. interested because i mean uh you know i'm having a bit of a joke about being an archer fan in in the uh you know i i, I do think he's a good good option here but villa fans will know much much more about him um and so i'd be interested to hear from them in the in the in the chat as well after after the video just to see uh you know whether there's he might go on loan again or whether the the indication is that he is there um, and he will be needed because of Europe as, as a, as a first teamer, as a backup to Watkins um, and, you know, what they feel about him as well. So ho hopefully they really like him, I mean, you know, in the same way that, you know, Brighton fans feel about uh, Ferguson, for example, uh, who's a bit more of a sure starter, um, but nevertheless a young talent and, and uh, you know where they feel you know they'll they'll do well um, this season, but yeah, I'd be interested to know that. Um, yeah, plunge though, it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and to be fair, also preseason will be quite useful as well because if we see Archer starting a lot of games, and uh, that's a nice little segue for me just to push the fantasy football scout preseason page where we will be tracking all the minutes of all the players. Mm. Um, historically, the preseason minute spreadsheet is what discovered Aaron Wambasaka, John Lundstrom, Livermento, those it, it, the four million defenders. We, we normally see them there first, but you know can always find some cheaper players in other positions as well. So do keep an eye on that as the preseason builds. There's no other place where all of that information is going to be accumulated in the same place rather than you having to follow a bunch of tweets on Twitter which you might not even be able to see because you use up your daily allowance so yeah. um, or, or you know. threads on Threader exactly yeah yeah I, I went there for some sewing advice and I didn't find it so I'm a bit mm. disappointed about that so very poor, very poor. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to avoid any of that then the preseason page is, is, is going to help you massively. So, yeah, do check that out. And uh, a lot of what Joe is also looking for in preseason, uh, a lot of the questions that he has got will be answered probably by that as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks very much uh, for joining us, Joe. It's been good to uh, have a look at your team. Pleasure. And, uh, yeah, as ever, I'm always a big fan of uh, working out what the price point structure is from the price points mm. maestro himself. So, uh, yeah, appreciate you uh, showing us that with your team. Plenty of things probably will change throughout the rest of the season. We could be sat here in the week leading up to game week one and your team could look completely different. We might grab you for another video in that regard. So hopefully we'll see more of you soon. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, with that... Definitely. Um, uh, just also another plug for Fantasy Football Scout membership as well if you haven't signed up for the, for the new season then go to fantasyfootballscout.co.uk go to the members benefits at the top and pick the package that is right for you that's everything that I need to bash uh, listeners and viewers over the head with Joe unless there's anything you'd like to add no just really I mean just I mean keep having a look at those articles on Fantasy Football Scout look at the season ticker as well um, and that'll say that Arsenal Man City who last season were the two best sides 
coincidentally have the best fixtures in the first six. Um, so, um, you know, the, the information like that, really simple stuff. <laughs> but, you know, which which teams are good and which teams have good fixtures. That's basically what you should do. Just get <laughs> players from those teams. That's, that's advice for the whole season in about 45 seconds right there. Yeah. It's a, yeah, you can tell that you, you work in journalism, Joe. You've taken something yeah. relatively complicated. <laughs> you made it very understandable for the layman in about 45 seconds. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> yep. Well, thanks very much uh, for joining us again, Joe. And with that, I will leave you fine folks to enjoy the rest of your tinkering. And we will see you next time.